This is the Final Whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, Wrexham 2, Chesterfield 1. Sorry about the hoarse voice. My throat's taken a bit of a battering the last few days. Wrexham, Adam, this was huge for Wrexham. Phil Parkson made it clear when he asked the crowds to to really lift the team that's been playing Saturday, Tuesday for all, the whole of 2023. And the players and fans responded magnificently in what was a memorable night under the massive floodlights. Wrexham unchanged from the side of Pete Dorking, which was interesting. I think everybody assumed that although Dolby's been playing brilliantly lately, that he was given Palmer a rest last Saturday, but he retained his place. And also Andy Cannon, who was impressive against Dorking, again started. And those decisions would be vindicated because both of them had fine games. Although there was a number of Wrexham players who could be proud of their contribution. Chesterfield, of course, coming in off a horrible run. This makes it nine games without a win for them. It's very difficult to understand how that's the case. Because they played some very good football. Don't get me wrong, they were second best. Wrexham really got at them and could have scored more. But, especially through Ryan Colclough on the left, Chesterfield played some very nice stuff. But they just couldn't put chances away till the 96th minute and I rather suspect that the final table will show Chesterfield higher than they currently are and there'll be formidable opponents in the playoffs but Wrexham started brilliantly the atmosphere was crackling and Wrexham were on the front foot straight away taking opportunities to throw long throws in from what looked like further out than normal felt like a statement of intense Chesterfield having had the audacity to win the toss and switch the teams round so Wrexham were kicking towards their own fans first and Wrexham seemed determined to, to punish them for that with a very fast start and got the goal in the fourth minute and an absolute beauty it was as well Elliot Lee bringing the ball down popping a nice pass inside to Mullen Mullen surrounded by defenders somehow played this glorious reverse no-look pass back to Lee threading it through a gap putting Lee in a glorious session edge of the area and Lee knew exactly what to do he hit it early before the keeper could properly adjust his position and set himself and he hit it with a luscious curve beyond the goalie and then dipping inside the right post an utterly brilliant goal even by Lee's standards and Wrexham had that early lead and it's got to be said in that early period the game could have been almost put to bed in fact two minutes later it really should have been 2-0 Lee again the architect sweeping in a great cross towards the penalty spot Luke Young timing his run perfectly undetected was completely unmarked tried to nod it downwards into the bottom left corner and put the wrong side of the post and you could see by his face so immediately he knew that he'd missed a great opportunity beg pardon <coughs> Wrexham get the pressure on but Chesterfield started to resist Ford was looking very lively on the right hand side beat his man beautifully and whipped a great ball in Lee with a free header on the penalty spot he got up well, great timing in his jump and power in his header, but straight at the keeper, unfortunately for him. And then Toza pinged a long ball to Dolby, a beautiful cushioned volley layoff, but Mullen completely clear on goal. He drove to the edge of the area, looked to slip it into the bottom right corner with his right foot, and the keeper fits him into it ever so well to get down and make a good save. So half an hour in, Wrexham relentless, but... Chesterfield then started to come back into things. Wrexham were pressing very hard in Chesterfield's half, making it really, really difficult for them to get out. But there were two incredibly similar opportunities forged when Wrexham, well, 
how are we going to put this, overpressed, or just Chesterfield's quality allowed them to get through. The first chance, I think, probably was the former. Wrexham were really harrying Chesterfield and committing men to the edge of the area to try and get that ball back. But Young tried to close down Oldacre, and Oldacre, well, all through the match, to be honest, enjoyed getting his little turns in. In fact, it seemed to be a deliberate strategy of his to get the ball in the Wrexham half, run towards his own goal, and then spin, almost like to get momentum, catch a man out and drive past him. On this occasion, Young maybe just got a bit too close, a bit too eager to press, and Oldacre was able to sidestep him skillfully on the turn and drive forwards. It looked like he may have carried the ball too far, but just as Lee and Cannon converged on him, he toe-poked a lovely little pass uh, through the gap to Mandeville, he worked it wide early, and Colclough drilled a terrific ball across the face of goal. Nothing Lainton could do, but Fadgen just couldn't quite make contact at the far post, quite possibly because of Tunnicliffe's committed leap in with him, and Srexham had a lucky escape. Seven minutes later, an even luckier escape. Again, it was a nice move, this time set up by Banks, who I do like as a midfielder. He's got a lovely touch, and he's good in these sorts of pressing positions. He's press-resistant. Uh, he got the ball with two men on him and made a delicate little back heel between the two of them to send Oldacre away. Colclough caught the ball at the end of this neat passing move, drilled an almost identical ball in. McCallum made the identical run, understanding Dunnicliffe hadn't picked him up. And McCallum, I don't know how he missed it, if I'm honest with you. I've looked at it a few times. At first, I thought it was just slightly behind him and he was just cumbersome and couldn't stop. But looking at it again, it's just like it's perfect for him it looks to me like it's it's just coming across and he's misjudged it and and, and somehow tried to side foot it and missed it completely and it's gone through his legs it's an awful miss in front of an open goal it's an astonishing miss and i know i keep saying this but the thing that decides football matches tends to be a quality in at both ends in the in, in the actual box and that was certainly proven true because three minutes later Wrexham scored a cracking goal and were 2-0 up this was great stuff from dolby Oldacre again, trying that little routine on the left flank, runs towards his own goal and suddenly spins, tries to run in the other direction. He initially fooled Dolby, but as Ford closed in on him, Dolby slid in from behind as well and nicked the ball off him. Lee picked her up, and here's where Dolby, I think, deserves huge kudos. Having slid in in his own half to win the ball, he's immediately straight up on his feet, and while Oldacre's there looking, Dolby's gone. He's running down the flank. Lee is smart enough to carry it forwards, wait till Dolby's in the right position, and slide him in on the right flank. Similar, almost identical, to where he received the ball for the Dorking goal. Just innocuous position on the right, but Grimes, the centre-back, is isolated to Dolby, drives in at him, forces him into the box, commits him, and then cuts around the outside of him and drills a powerful shot through the keeper. And Wrexham, two goals to the good. And it's got to be said, Wrexham should have been at least two goals to the good by half-time on the balance of play. The second half, Wrexham started positively. Toes were in the long throw. Tunnicliffe found himself back to goal six yards out with a crowd of defenders stopping him from turning. They managed to squeeze the ball in the end via a defender to Lee. And Lee rather pulled his first-time shot from the edge of the area wide of the left post. But Colclough was a constant menace, picking the ball up in midfield, driving a lovely little looping run to the corner of the box, and then drilling a shot, I think it was a shot, across Lainton, certainly a beat Lainton, and was inches wide of the far post. He'd probably given up trying to pick out McCallum by then, to be honest. 
But Wrexham continued to maintain the pressure. Again, Ford was prominent. He did really well on the right-hand side and pulled across back to Dolby on the penalty spot. Lovely work by Dolby with his left foot. Took a touch, it dropped down, he set himself and he hit it with the left foot. Too straight, sadly. Pretty easy save. But it was, again, a nice piece of forward play. And then again, Ford picking the ball up after Tozer had pinged a good long ball to Mullen had worked it backwards. And Ford this time cut inside onto his left foot and hit a curler, which just skimmed over a couple of defenders' heads. People seeing it late had to go to his right and was able to save it. He sort of fumbled it a bit awkwardly, but to be fair, when you look at it again, it's a decent effort by Ford and it's good footwork to take the ball having seen it late. On the hour... It was a moment of controversy. It was a opportunity for Mandeville down the right-hand side. A very gifted player, Mandeville, but he, I feel he sometimes dips in and out of games, and this is when he was out more than in. But he pulled a beautiful cross into the penalty spot. Colcliffe had lost his man completely unmarked and met it with a perfect diving head, a really powerful heading for the bottom right corner. Linton made the save of the season. <laughs> if, if not if not the century lunging down and making a magnificent save incredibly strong wrists pushing it upwards onto the bar it was an incredible save it ricocheted back into the danger area and Jeff King looked like he might get to it first Mendy stretched for it but King had got past him King hit the deck Chesterfield screamed for a penalty but didn't get one I am I don't know I've looked at all the different angles a few times. At the time, I thought it was a penalty. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, trying to play a ball when a player's coming past you is dangerous. I'm not sure if Mendy realised he was there, to be fair, but then those always are dangerous, aren't they? You're trying to sweep the ball away and suddenly a bloke's there and you kick him. King, I, I looked like he was going to get there first, but I, I can't say for sure. The one thing that makes me think it isn't a penalty is King's exaggerated response to it. He, he hit the deck and was rolling around, holding his foot and really laying it on thick. And I wonder whether the referee also thought, OK, he's trying to, trying to buy something off me here. But my gut feeling was Mendy made contact with him. And if Mendy made contact with him, it has to be a penalty. So maybe Rex Miller are lucky there, but Lainson maybe didn't deserve to be punished for that brilliant save. Although he did save a penalty at home against Chesterfield last season, didn't he? The game then, with 15 minutes left, started to get a little bit choppy. Dolby was given a rest, Palmer coming on. For the first time, I feel confident in saying Dolby's been given a rest for Saturday here. Um, and the game got started to break up a little bit, which suited Wrexham with a two-goal lead, obviously. Also, Cannon came off after a bit of a heavy knock. Hopefully, it's nothing too serious, because he was impressive. Jordan Davis came on and gave it a very nice sort of nine minutes, plus six added minutes cameo of how to break play up he was very energetic he won a number of tackles or at least was making tackles to create loose balls and i thought he really threw himself into it well and it was a, a well-judged substitution whether cannon came off because he was injured uh, but davis did give that fresh legs in the middle of the pitch it was impressive Wrexham had a, another chance in the 87th minute, Mullen doing well down the right-hand side, a lovely little move, Mullen bursting away, driving into the six-yard box, Palmer just couldn't get ahead of the centre-back, and the ball was cleared, and then in the second minute, was six added minutes, oh, Lee nearly had a beauty, he was just at the centre of everything, picks her up on the halfway line, pops it inside to Clue, at first doesn't look too interested in joining in, but then bursts down the right, gets the ball back, pops it to the edge area to Mullen, Mullen just loves combining of Lee and vice versa, Mullen with a lovely little reverse pass, and Lee with a tight angle in the six-yard box, drilled it with power, hit the bar and flicked over, 
Palmer was furious because he's made a really good run to try and lose his man. But looking at it, back at it, I think if Lee had looked... Well, put it this way. I think if Lee at the very last second when he hits the shot had pulled it square, Palmer would have had a tap in. But a fraction of a second before the defenders were in front of him. It was a brilliant run by Palmer, but he didn't arrive... He arrived a split second late, if you will, and so by the time he arrived at the right spot, Lee had had to make his decision and drove in the shot. And to be fair, he hit the bar, so it wasn't far off scoring. In the sixth minute of added time, Chesterfield actually scored, which caused a little bit of consternation for Wrexham. It was a nice piece of play, again, by Coldclough. Wrexham were upset with themselves for conceding it, but it was quality. Coldclough getting it on the left corner of the box, cutting inside, faking to shoot, and it fooled everyone. Toza just started to turn to make the block, but Kolkov didn't shoot. He nudged it on another foot and then hit a lovely curling shot inside the right post and the low down. Lainton didn't move to Kolkov's the way he'd set himself had deceived him. It was a great goal, uh, but Chesterfield couldn't get anything going again, and it would have been the travesty, even though I think we saw a lot of quality from Chesterfield in this game. It would have been a travesty if they got something out of it because Wrexham were at it from the start. It was a huge game for us, and my word, we performed. The individual performances, well, Linton essentially had nothing to do except make the most utterly glorious save you could imagine. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. The centre-backs were excellent, I thought. Clueth was targeted by McCallum. They were trying to bully him. And Clueless stood up to it very well. And in fact, you know, McCallum's been around for years and he is a very, very good target man. He's so good in the air. Um, long time since I've seen him win so little in the air. And that's true against all the centre-backs, but Clueless was targeted and Clueless really, really did well to, to battle with the big man and come out on top. He also used the ball well. They had one little horrible moment when I think the ball got a bit stuck in the pitch and he lost it, but managed to get away with it. Um, and his use of the ball was good. A very good performance by Clueth. Toza started a lot of moves of his direct diagonal passing. He's, you know, when I say direct, I don't mean hoofing it. He's good at long passing. And Wrexham are constantly open Chesterfield up with those big diagonals because the two wing backs gave us such good width. And Toza was crucial in, in making that happen. And then Tunnicliffe, who took a battering and a couple of times looked like he might have to come off. Uh, first time with that challenge under the bar with McCallum, um, I thought was excellent as well. Just just typical Tunnicliffe, just forthright, aggressive and winning everything in the air. And McCallum got absolutely no change out of him. The wing-backs were outstanding. I would, I, my personal feeling is Ford's man of the match. I thought he did ever so well. He was lively, driving forwards, constantly attacking the full-backs. He put a lot of good crosses in, created chances, uh, and I really enjoy watching him play. Uh, they had a brilliant duel of Colcliffe in the first half as well. Colcliffe at one point dribbled past him, and that's rare. Ford's so good in one-on-ones, uh, but the rest of the time, yeah, he was he was getting his teeth into Colcliffe as well. It was a good scrap. Mendy at left-back, excellent constantly driving forwards maybe didn't have quite the end product Ford has with his crossing but his energy and his aggression and his willingness to win tackles is is really pleasing and embody how he went about the game in the centre mid Cannon the central position of the three outstanding what a good player how comfortable is he on the ball he just moves so smoothly around his awareness and his ability to just flick little first time balls around the corner to take the other opponents out of the game it is superb. I really, really like the look of Cannon. 
that was a, a masterful performance by him young in that role that maybe suits him better the box-to-box role again was full of energy but a lot of tackles in the opposing half committed a couple of fouls in the opposing half that probably were judicious that not enough to get a yellow but enough to stop Chesterfield when they could have broken on us as well and then on the other side of the midfield three Lee continues to be the virtuoso of this division I mean the quality of his play is goal the ball in for Young the shot that hit the bar and the builder play to that he's a luxury product isn't he I mean fair play to the guy up front Mullen didn't score he'd scored in the last six was it uh, he didn't score that's a shock played very well though he constantly was moithering the defenders his movement was terrific his combination with Lee was terrific that chance he had to find Palmer when he couldn't quite find him came from something which is becoming almost repetitious now where we just knock a long ball Obviously, Mullins not a bloke who ought to be winning long balls against the big centre-backs. But the moment they let it bounce, they are in so much trouble. He just did what you've seen him do so many times. Grimes, who had a rough time, I thought, at the back. Mullins was really troubling him. Uh, let it bounce. And so when it's coming back to heading height, Mullins sprinting across him, just nudging it away from him with his head. And he's round the back of him and he's away. And Grimes is never going to catch him. It was glorious. Uh, didn't get the goal. It was unlucky at the one-on-one. It was a great chance, but the keeper made a great save, so fair enough, pass off to him. But it was very good. And then Dolby was tremendous. Again, you know, physically he copes with the big centre-backs. He wins more than his fair share of headers. The goal, again, was supremely impressive. And his combination with Mullen's very good. He's always trying to find him with little round the corners. It's clear that they've really worked this out well. Mullen knows Dolby's going to look for it, and he's running. Dolby's putting his little flicks on the 45. It's beautiful, really good to see. As I mentioned, Davis was an impressively disruptive presence when he came in. Palmer worked very, very hard. Played a couple of decent balls from deep when he came back to help as well. And Wrexham won. Outstanding stuff. We go back top of the table now. And on Saturday, must look to consolidate it. There's no point in winning games like this if you don't take three points then from a game against a side who are good. And frankly, our bogey team, a bit maidenhead but aren't of the calibre of Chesterfield. This was fantastically enjoyable, and uh, you can see why I lost my voice, can't you? With a final score of Wrexham 2, Chesterfield 1, I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.